0: Kicking and streaming podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. Yeah.
1: Yeah, as for an exposure to Hawaii, I'm glad we went there first as opposed to one of the more populous places.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's sort of like the way we feel And the crazy thing is, when you've been to the Big Island, and then you go somewhere else, it it's kind of a shock. (laughs) You're like, "Yo, take me back, (laughs) take me back to the Big Island, man! What is this?" You know, I mean. But uh, it is fun if you you know if you know how to explore the island and stuff. So that's a beautiful thing. uh, Yeah, we had a
1: good time.
0: I am uh, certainly glad that you had a great time. I've, I I mean, Jeffrey certainly posts more pictures than you do. Yeah, he posts a lot of stuff. So <laughs> I think that's a husband thing, isn't it? <laughs> I think it probably is, yes. <laughs> Christine is always like, why do you have to be all over Instagram? Yeah, man. yeah, I got to keep up with the fans and stuff, you know what I mean? That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs>
0: All right. So when did you come back to mainland, as they call it?
1: <laughs> we were supposed to be back on Sunday. They canceled our flight. We didn't get back till Tuesday morning.
0: Oh, that happened to me once and I kind of liked it.
1: <laughs> well, the thing was, there was no place to stay in Hawaii. They oh. had they had 10 rooms and they were gone by the time we got there. So, so sleep on
0: the beach kind we, uh, of thing?
1: they had a flight going to phoenix so we went to phoenix and spent the night in phoenix and then well spent the day sort of slash night i don't know it was confusing because all the time (laughs) zone changes (laughs) but anyway yeah tuesday morning is when we finally got home
0: oh boy yeah yeah that is that that is cool that is it's one of the coolest vacations you can ever have
1: Yeah. Uh, It's
0: sort of hard to even believe I'm still in the United States, man. I
1: I know. It feels like a whole other world.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Sorry about your mom. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, It was a bit of a surprise, really. I think every child, you know, know that people die except your own parents. so Yeah. You know, you yeah. know that it's supposed to happen at some point, but you always put it so far that when it happened it's sort of a shock, so Yeah. That's uh what well, I'm still going through, but you know.
1: Had she been sick or
0: Yeah, you know, she's been in convalescent for a few years. She had a stroke about five years mm-hmm. ago and from then on her her, her health kinda never recovered but the thing about is that my mom was such a strong and stoic lady that it was really always hard to figure out how sick she was, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And yeah. so, you know, um, it, you know, you hear your mom is not doing well and you're like, yeah, she'll, she'll bounce off of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this time did not happen. Mm. Yeah. So trip to Haiti and. Uh, after almost 13 years (laughs) so i mean i I hadn't been there even after the earthquake so it was a bit of a a bit of a adjustment to me
1: oh yeah i Uh, bet everything was completely different
0: yeah it was (laughs) it was different it's like yeah almost as if the earthquake happened a year ago so oh wow uh, so many really so many things you know have no being rebuilt and stuff so it's crazy
1: oh my goodness
0: yeah this is kicking and streaming podcast a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies tv series and stuff
1: here are your hosts
0: graham and jocelyn hello everyone and welcome to kicking and (laughs) streaming it is a pleasure to be back after one week that we skipped even though uh my fantastic co-host on the other side had been away we managed to put together some episodes before she left and then i had a very strange episode (laughs) with my (laughs) friends from El cipher uh jocelyn if you had a chance to listen to that i'm sorry
1: That's all right. There's nothing wrong with strange interludes.
0: <laughs> but then, um, as you may have heard in my previous conversation with Jocelyn, I had to step away to my native country, and um, it was a sad, under sad, sad circumstances. My mother passed away, so we went there and uh, made sure that she had a proper send off. And now we're back, and we're back with another episode for you. Jocelyn, you know, in the prelude here, we we had a, a bit of a you know a bit of a history of your vacation. So we're not gonna go uh back to that, but welcome back, Jocelyn.
1: Thank you very much. It's, it's it's good to be back on the show.
0: The people of Kicking and Streaming, the uh, the listeners missed you. I can tell you that. <laughs> I could I could hear them saying, bring back. Now, it's not a matter of bring back. <laughs> I just have to wait for Jocelyn to come back.
1: <laughs> and I was gone forever. Yeah, yeah, it
0: felt like it, man. It felt like it. Because even though we did have, you know, prior episodes to put on, that we, you know, we did these marathon episodes that we uh, sort of like uh, partialized in two, but, you know, not recording, not, you know, and we, we worked together to to a certain extent, even though not every day at the same place. So it was sort of hard not to look at the messenger, Zoom messenger, not seeing you online and stuff. So I had to navigate through all that. My point is, I missed you, Jocelyn. Just this. Aww. I missed you, too. <laughs> I
1: missed you, too. When I got back and then your little light was gray, I'm like, oh, where's Graham?
0: <laughs> finally
1: heard what had happened, so
0: yeah i am um, yeah. i know that you're only on instagram and i avoided posting anything that was um too sad on, on instagram so that you know i did i know that you know as a close friend of mine that would uh affect you in a certain way and knowing that you're on vacation i did not want you to start worrying about this whole thing so i know that oh. once you came back you would you would have heard what happened but i didn't want to to, you know, um, I, I, I don't know. I just thought that it would, have, it would be imprudent to, to be um, posting such sad news on a medium that you would have um, gotten aware of and sort of ruined your vacation. So.
1: That was incredibly thoughtful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and today we are talking about uh, Exhibit A. Yes, I have to say that uh, Jocelyn uh, pointed me to this really sort of like documentary, um, six-part documentary, about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the criminal justice system, specifically in terms of forensic analysis and expertise and all kind of stuff. Um, So I guess I have to start by asking you, what drew you to to looking at this show so how how did how did you become interested in watching that
1: um i actually it it popped up in my recommendations list and i i got interested in it because the episode we did um about the central park five where we had talked about the fact that forensics can be manipulated and you know it was a concern of of mine personally um, that that can happen. So when I saw this, I thought, oh, this is relevant to my interests. So I um, fired it up and watched the trailer and thought, no, I, I want to watch this. So I ended up watching the whole series and was sad to have some fears confirmed and um, sort of horrified in some senses um, as to what is allowed to happen uh, in some areas of this country. So very eye-opening, something that I feel like would be good for um, those of us out here who might, well, any of us who have ever watched anything about true crime or or have anything have happened in our life that has to deal with uh, law enforcement because it's definitely um, – A very good documentary, very well done, um, and I don't think biased in any manner. It's just kind of presenting the facts in four cases where forensics were used probably very improperly.
0: Yeah, and, and I think this is one of the, for me, one of the things that you have to look at in terms of this documentary is that it doesn't necessarily take you to a conclusion like who won or who lost even yeah. though you can kind of figure that out for yourself it just right. goes basically into the facts of how um forensics were used and how flawed the entire process uh was and and yes. so although you, again you can conclude who won who lost but it's not necessarily making a, a case for each person but rather for how cautious We should be, when we hear about experts, when we hear about um, evidence, when we hear about uh, any kinds of of forensic that, you know, the um, uh, prosecutions might want to sell to us as, you know, clear-cut, absolutely certain. Um, I did hear something before that. Before watching this documentary, I heard something somebody said, something to the fact of there is no such thing as um absolute uh, um scientific certainty and prosecutors use that a lot especially if you watch a lot of law and order y- you know you can hear that you can hear them say well can you say with absolute scientific certainty that blah 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 and uh it, it it's hard it's it's i mean there is no such thing if you if you think about it because yeah. even you know, I particularly thought about that with the with the case of the the cadaver dog. Yes, you know, it's it's a hit or miss. You know what I mean, and for anybody to use that, but more importantly, for the system to allow these kind of things to go into evidence, and I think it's a lack of education on the part of a lot of people who are involved in the system, because some judges will believe whatever an expert say.
1: Yeah, and I I think that's what was particularly infuriating for me. Um, In the first case, the video forensics case, you have a guy who has presented himself as an expert to judge jury god whoever and he's working out of his garage
0: yeah, yeah
1: and he's never done this sort of thing before but he's telling a judge and everybody else hey i'm an expert and unfortunately that has been put into play by us you could say and the fact that there's not enough funding for them to check and make sure that they're not paying a guy who's running stuff out of his la- out of his garage um And also the fact that the judge is not doing their due diligence to say, okay, I know this guy says he's an expert, but maybe let's look him up.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, I mean, uh, for those of us who have had to have medical procedures, for example, if you're smart, you're going to look up your doctor, your surgeon. Yeah. And you're gonna see what kind of ratings he has you're going to make sure he doesn't have anything against his license pending you're going to make sure there's no prior convictions for medical fraud um, You just need to do these things you need to look up their their education yeah um and One could argue that that is a judge's responsibility or the county's responsibility or the state's responsibility to make sure that the person they're putting on the stand to present themselves as an expert actually is an expert and not just some dude who happens to run something out of his garage.
0: You're absolutely right. But also, I do think that one of the biggest problems here is the fact that some of these offices people people run for (laughs) and they, you know, they, it all depends on, you know, how far into a campaign or how f- how close to a re-election they may be. And so it all becomes about the numbers. It becomes something of, you know, I have to go to the people and tell them, you know, I'm tough on crime. You remember my thing with tough on crime? Whenever yes. I hear a candidate talking about how tough they are on crime, they are talking about numbers. They're not talking about justice. And I don't believe—I've never believed—that the criminal justice system should be a matter of number, but rather a matter of, you know, how, how appropriately you are using resources to to get to to justice. You know. Yes. And there, there's a lot of wrong there's a lot of wrong in, in, in this whole documentary and I've never been one of those to be, you know, 100% distrustful of law enforcement. Uh, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. No. I like no, to think of myself as, as somebody who, who does his homework and does his research to figure out what we're dealing with. Yes. But the, you know, Every time I see one of those, I'm, you know, I'm more convinced that these people in law enforcement, they are not very well intentioned (laughs) with with the way they approach things. And um, class and race has a lot to do with how justice is administered in this country. Um, and if you, case in point, and I'd like our listeners to completely watch this documentary because where I'm going to go with the class and race is the fact that in the case of the, the attack of this uh, gay black guy in a Hasidic community in New York, if you, if you watch how it goes, they, they basically knew that something had to be done because obviously you have a very powerful Jewish Hasidic community in New York, but also you have a bunch of black politicians that are demanding that some actions be taken. And so what you have here is that we have to, to, to create a situation where some people are satisfied and there's a semblance that justice has been done and so what they do is that they pin it on literally one of the probably most defenseless guys in their own community you know yes. and yes. and that's where class is right cuz the yes. dude the dude who who was the gang leader if you will you can you you can see there is there's so much evidence of his brother being you know basically body body with pretty much the entire uh politics community um in in the state of New York, so he's basically untouchable if you will, but yet somehow they found <laughs> some kind of DNA evidence to pin this hate crime on on somebody who there's no evidence he was even there, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was essentially a lamb to slaughter.
0: Exactly, and and this is what we see here. Um, there's a lot, another powerful statement for me. Something that kind of caught, caught my attention and made me think how when there is not a poor person. Or a person of color to sort of use as a, you know, as a pawn in this very meticulous game, then a woman is always at the wrong end of it. And you know exactly what case I'm talking about, which is yes. the cold case. Yes. Wh- wh- what do you think of that? This is absolutely gut-wrenching for me.
1: It. It's terrible because this this poor woman so there was a man who was who was murdered. It was a cold case. Um twenty seven years later, I believe it's twenty seven, thirty years later, they charged his wife with his murder. Yep. There had been absolutely no evidence that she had done it up to this point. But one of the prosecutors or one of the detectives had a gut feeling. Here we go. Gut
0: feeling. Yep, gut feeling.
1: Um That she had done it, and he turned over a nightgown to somebody and uh, to a forensic scientist and said, I want you to go over this because essentially I'm convinced she did it, and find me evidence. And so the guy went over, the the forensic scientist went over the nightgown with a microscope, which, as everyone says, is, is not what they normally do, and found what he decided was a blood spatter, blowback from... Uh, a gunshot and that she must have killed her husband and she went to trial and she was convicted and a to 25 or maybe 40 years in prison at 65 years old, at 65 years old. She has grandchildren. She's in a wheelchair. Yep. Um, she's never done anything. She's not done anything criminal since the time her husband was murdered. Right her defense attorney gets up and says you know her her, her appeals attorney I should say the the blood spatter was never proven to actually be blood in fact there it was proven to not be blood and there was one microscopic dot of blood on the nightgown that they was so small they couldn't do dna testing on right So there's no proof that it was even her husband's blood. So one, now there's not even blood on her nightgown. Two, the little speck of blood that's on there, there's no way to know whose it is. And even if it was his, she could have picked that up as she ran past in the hallway. Um, I don't think this ever would have happened if she had been a man. You're right. If, if, If the roles had been reversed, if it had been a female that had been shot dead in her bed. I do not believe that anybody would have gone over the man's pajamas, nightshirt, whatever, 30 years later, to get a conviction. And what good does this do anybody? I'm right. sorry, but right. what good does this do anybody? His family has moved on. She's been unable to move on because she lost what she calls the love of her the life. The love of her life, yes. Yeah. So, what What good has this done? This has done nothing but take a grandmother away from her grandchildren Yes. on something that is is ridiculous it's not evidence it should have never come to trial it's a waste of time it's a waste of taxpayers money it's a waste of this poor woman's life and her children's lives and her grandchildren's lives i don't i don't understand
0: that's that that's absolutely ridiculous there there's so much wrong here and and let's also talk about the character of the person who died and i'm not saying i'm not convicting this person what i'm saying is that um this is a guy that pretty much based on his attitude based on his dealings based on uh his 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 behavior around you know other people in his social environment you you probably could see that he had it coming um because this is a guy that you know had the bad habit of retaining other people people's check because he didn't like a job the way they did it um he would he he basically was a bully yes. And and on the other hand too there is the fact that i don't know was it that same night or two or three nights before the the crime that the, their home was uh, vandalized
1: it was a couple nights before
0: Right. And there and were there notes
1: a, left. Notes left. There was a death threat on the voicemail. On voicemail. And there was proof that neither one of them was home when this had happened. So it wasn't as if she had done it and made it look like somebody from the outside had done this. You know, they were they were out to dinner when it together when it happened. And no, and not victim blaming in the slightest, but this guy was not somebody who had, you know didn't have an enemy in the world this guy had a lot of enemies yeah. this guy had a lot of people who did not like him he slept with a gun beside his head for a reason
0: right right and so, so is well. first of all there's also it seems like there's evidence that they were able to uh determine whose gun killed him but they never investigated the person the, yes. the gun owner either
1: yes it was just like oh well you own this gun that's okay wife did it
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, I just like, I don't understand. So what I, what I fail to understand is what, how is it that within a department, you know, a district attorney's office, there is no one that can say, I don't know what you guys think you're doing, but this is lazy work. You guys should go back and make sure that you've covered all the angles. do you know what I mean? And that's where I think this has something to do with winning elections and with perpetuating, you know, with, with, with safeguarding their job basically, as opposed to to you know, you know, providing justice or, or or something like that. Because it's just it just doesn't make sense that all of these things were disregarded. All of these possible leads were were like, eh. I don't know, but we're we we, we, we we're not there yet. And by the way, 27 years ago, they did take the case to a grand jury. And a grand jury failed to, to convict based on the lack of evidence.
1: Yes, so they you- did not indict her. So <laughs> as a DA, if somebody brought me this and said, hey, we went microscopically over a nightgown and we might have found blood spatter, I'm sorry. But the first thing I'm going to say as a DA is, why the fuck were you wasting time looking at a thirty-year-old nightgown when you've got forty-five other crimes going on right now? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and and this I is no. Understand. This is not, you know, to take merit away from cold cases. We know that cold cases have, you know, proven provided justice to many families. Provided, yes. provided closure to many a family that yes. have been that have yes. been just in limbo. This is not what we're talking about. We are talking about the misuse, the deliberate misuse of some scientific method just so you can arrive to a conclusion that fits what you want to do. And oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. What I also see is a pattern of uh, vendetta, if you will. If you cross these people the wrong way, if they don't like you. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. You are done. Yeah. Because as we were talking about the very first case was about that.
1: Yes. Yes. We had a, a height discrepancy of something like a foot from all the witnesses, and uh, and I mean, I mean, honestly, five foot six
0: to six foot three is a big difference. It's absolutely ridiculous. But yes. I want you to see the pattern here. The lady that calls in the alleged crime that says, you know, the the alert line or whatever, is. She herself, even though she, this guy was a client of hers because she managed the motel where he was staying, you can tell that she didn't particularly like the guy. Yes. And her biggest problem with the guy is a diagnosis that she creates of the guy. He has an identity crisis. Yes. In her words... He's a tall, big white man who thinks he is a black man. Yep, I noticed that too. <laughs> and, and, and here's the crazy thing: that is, when she said, Well, if you spoke with him on the phone and you didn't know who he is, you would think that, and she said, I'm not being racist in the least, well, you would think he's a black guy. I heard the guy talk the entire time, and he did not sound like a black guy. Is a rapper, is he's actually a very good rapper to tell you the truth. He he knows his rhymes and he kinda of, he kind of gets into it when he is, you know, emceeing his rhymes and stuff. The guy is very talent, is a very talented rapper. But when he spoke, all I heard is a very streetwise white dude. Not, mm-hmm. not some dude from Compton or subject. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but this lady had a particular problem with the fact that you know this white dude is 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 doing black people music and shit. So you know, here in Texas and selling his CDs, how dare he? I'm fucking against that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's 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 what I'm getting is you know the way that the the criminal justice system works is sexist is racist and all kind of isms and schisms go there. What other case do you sort of called your attention in that regard?
1: I think it, it comes down to, um, there was a quote in there where if science is something that you don't understand, it becomes magic. And i think that that's a very powerful statement in the fact that you know if if you don't understand what somebody is telling you then they can explain it in any different many different ways and if it's just magical to you then you're not going to bother trying to figure out the truth behind it so i think in a lot of these cases that uh it's important to to do research and to, to notice things. A, a lot of things lately, you know, when you talk about cadaver dogs, I mean, some of that could be argued to be junk science because dogs are definitely manipulated by their handlers without the handlers even knowing it. Yeah. Um, Cause dogs are very sensitive creatures and pick up on many things. So um, blood spatter is uh, something that's almost and art and to use that along with science is a little scary when it comes down to putting people in prison for the rest of their life. Um, there was a very famous blood spatter analysis, Dwayne Deaver, who has recently been completely debunked everything that he ever wrote Hmm. about blood spatter analysis has been proven to be wrong. Um, and there are thousands of cases where his evidence was used. um, so you have that, and then the the story about video is very interesting to me, too, um, because it's true. Video is just a bunch of still pictures put together to look like they're moving. So based on frame rate, you may not be getting the whole story. Right. Um, so that's something else to consider it's very important that just because it's on video doesn't necessarily mean that you're seeing the entire story you, you need to take a lot of things into consideration and then with touch dna that that is a whole new realm of terrifying because as the one lady said you know if i shake your hand and then i go handle a gun then i've got your dna and my dna yep. on a gun you know who's If they're going to go with touch DNA and figure it out this way, then who's to, who's to say who's they're going to pin the crime on? So, again, not to get into a conspiracy theory or anything like that, but I think just something to educate ourselves on, so that we're not wide-eyed and bright-eyed and naive when it comes to some of these things, to to question authority.
0: And this is particularly uh, disturbing to see, for instance, how um, the 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 office of the medical examiner in the state of New York actually okay so i was saying that i was particular it was particularly disturbing to me the way ha- how the office of the medical examiner actually invented its own in-house software just so that they could basically replicate a thousand of numbers to come up with a conclusion that the touch DNA, the little bit of DNA that had transferred from one hand to whatever object could be used to convict people. And one of my biggest problem with that is how arrogant these offices, government offices are. They use, they are paid by the people. They use Junk science to convict people that they are convinced are bad people just because they on a gut feeling, just because they think so, just because they don't like I don't know the way that person looks or something. And when it is brought to their attention that their science is flawed, that they're convicted of the wrong person, they put up a fight. They put yes. up a fight. Just yes. so they don't have to go back and review perhaps uh, tens or hundreds or perhaps thousands of cases in which they convicted people based on the same junk science. And, and that to me is the worst part of
1: Yes, that's incredibly – that is unforgivable because in this particular case, they have decided to stop using this, this software from what I understood from the episode, which says to me, you've decided that it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So that means that you need to go back and look at those other cases. That is your moral imperative. That is your job. And I don't care how long it takes. And I don't care how much money it takes. You're the ones who fucked the stuff you need to fix it.
0: Right. And and what they've done is that, okay, so we're going to discontinue the use of it. But we're not going to basically admit that the past cases in which we convicted oh, no, no. people is, is, you know, needs to be reviewed. And, and like how does the governor of New York and the entire freaking, I don't know, Senate or, or every single body... It, it, Governing bodies of New York come together and say, "You need to do this." I don't know. I, you know, it, it it's beyond me. Um, not to say that perhaps is the most impactful case because we still haven't talked about, you know, in 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 depth how <laughs> the cadaver dog thing is is perhaps the most ridiculous thing to me because it's
1: incredibly ridiculous.
0: Because, first of all, they the police never expanded their investigation into any other area, no. but the father did it. The father did it, and for the most ridiculous reason yeah, she went to bed, so he killed her and took her to an insanity. Inciner- do, do you know what the hell you're saying? You have. Like, no evidence whatsoever, other than the fact that a freaking dog barked. What the hell is wrong with us? (laughs) I don't know. You're going to make up a story. I don't know. You're going to make up a story, single out a person, because, well... You know he's had some convictions he's he's had some troubles with the law, so clearly he's capable of murdering his his daughter and and, and, and by the way, there was a first dog <laughs> there was the first dog that actually got a piece of evidence that they completely ignored right i yes. i I don't know if you remember that part
1: yes. Yes, there was a, a dog that was from Detroit and on the Detroit Police Force that found a ski mask, uh, very close to the car, uh, a fresh ski mask, and that I, who knows what happened to it? I don't suppose they ever tested it for DNA or 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 anything.
0: Which, which a ski mask um, could have potentially yielded more results, more DNA results than you know the touch of a uh, of a s- sneaker. Because we're talking about if you putting on if you put on a DNA mask, most likely your saliva at some point is going to get to
1: Yeah, uh, saliva you know. and skin and hair yeah. Yeah. and I mean with a ski mask, if you're putting it right over your bare face, there's something going to come off
0: on it. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Especially if you're in a stressful situation, you start sweating, all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah. But you know, let's not look at that because Clearly, this guy is a criminal and is capable of murdering his daughter because he's a black guy who has had some, who's been in trouble with the law. And, and, and the mother was right in that they never looked at her. They never even, you know, they, they never even went, go near her because they they, they can't. You know she knows what she's saying, she knows what she's doing, and you can see in even in her dealings with them, it was a completely different person. This guy was obviously afraid of what might might happen to him, and he yeah. he 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 was easy to break, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, but there was no breaking her yeah. yeah i was i was very um I liked her a lot, yeah, like I wanted to be her friend.
0: Yeah, I like the last yeah. word she said was sort of big. It could make you laugh, but it is—it's powerful in that you know I refuse to believe that my daughter is dead because a dog barked. <laughs> you know, what I mean. Yes. Um, yes.
1: You know, if the car was used, goodness, Elena knows what the car had could have been used for before. Um, you know, it's just, there was no, they were, there was literally only the evidence against his father was the fact that a dog barked. That was literally it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't believe there was any cases of, um, you know, prior investigation into CPS against the family. Mm -hmm. There was nothing along those lines. There was no suspicion beforehand. There was just, well, this baby's missing. So the daddy must've done
0: it. And I'm particularly uh, attracted to that the case of that um, lady. The, I, I think she's a police officer herself. That the, she went witness. to... Yes, yeah, she went to a house and thought that she saw a little girl that she think is the, the little kidnapped baby girl. And when she went... And told the leading investigator, she said the way the investigator looked at her was like, why are you messing up my shit? Yeah. Like, like and, 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 and that's the thing. That's how arrogant these people can be. We are convinced that we have the right person because we said so. And because we have one piece of junk science that says so. Why should we even attempt to investigate further? And that is the scariest part of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. You should watch for yourself and come to your own conclusion. I, I know a lot of people, I have f- um, friends in, in law enforcement. And for the most part, we, we avoid discussing or debating these issues because I think I can be friends with them if we don't talk about their, their work. And one of the things I dislike is that I know that these people that I know, these people that are friends with me are in actuality great people, very good individuals. But also there is these sort of like mafia feeling to being in law enforcement in that they cannot bring themselves to admit their vocabulary and when a friend of mine tells me well you know the job is difficult yes but you fucking know what you were getting yourself into don't tell me that you are making some egregious mistakes because the job is difficult don't tell me that you know, your life is constantly in danger and shit, you could have chosen to do something else with your life. That does not give you a license to go out there and fuck up everybody else's life because, you know, my life is constantly in danger and this is a dangerous job. Do you know what I mean? I cannot have this discussion with, you know, it was hard, Jocelyn. I I lost uh, a lot of friends, a lot of friendships, especially during the hottest days of Black Lives Matter because of that argument of, you know, every day, I remember my my friend's wife told me, every day that he walks out of this house, I'm thinking that one day I'm going to get that call that he's not coming home. And I'm like, so do you think, is it already a fact in your mind that if that call should ever happen, it's because a black guy killed him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, w- what the hell is that supposed to mean? I can understand that. Like, I mean, I don't know. If if you if you were a miner, <laughs> if you if you work underground, you know, your family should always expect that one day you they might get a call saying that the fucking mine collapsed and yes. you die. You, you see what I'm saying? But this is a choice that you make every single day to get up, put on your gears, and go down there and keep digging. But I don't wake up every day and and think, well, I could be white today, but I'm going to keep the blackness because, you know...
1: Uh, I'm going to go with purple with blue spots today, but you know what? No, I'm going to stick. I'm going
0: to stick with black. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me keep trying this black thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? And this is, this is the part of the argument that I, I don't, I cannot even have with anybody. If you cannot understand that some people have a choice, I don't, my son doesn't, my brother doesn't, my fellow black people don't, my, 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 Fellow brown-skinned people don't. Women don't have the choice of saying, you know, I know that, you know, by not having a penis, I'm underprivileged to begin with, but, you know, I'm just going to keep on going because this whole thing of having a penis is, you know, is a choice that I might do one day. Nobody has that choice. You know, you are who you are. What you are, what you, sh- what you decide to do in life as a profession is a choice.
1: Yes. And if we're going to talk about the choice of becoming a law enforcement officer, the oath is to protect and serve, not to shoot people. Right. <laughs> and it is to protect and to serve. And that means that you're protecting everyone, not yourself, and you're serving others, not yourself. That is the choice that you have made. You have not made the choice to enforce somebody else's laws. You have made an oath to protect those that are less fortunate than yourself, not to go out and shoot people just because you don't like the color of their skin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we see more and more that it's, it's every day about more about them than about the community at large because all you have to say if you find yourself in trouble as a, a law enforcement officer is, yeah, I feared for my life. Yeah. <laughs> I feared for my life. Yeah. Do you know how many times I'm driving around Charlotte and I see one civilian car gets stopped and six different patrol cars around it and eight police officers surrounding that one car. Look how, like, okay, so who do you think this person is? Yeah. Yeah. What what is it, the the FBI most wanted? What the (laughs) fuck?
1: (laughs) Well, and and I think the thing, too, is about, you know, just saying I feared for my life. I I, I got pulled over one time in Vegas, was not driving, but got pulled over one time when we lived in Las Vegas, and Las Vegas' uh, protocol is two cops come, always. That's the way it works in Vegas. So, um, which I understand, because there's a lot of crazy, whacked-out druggies in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Um, But I have to say that that was... Way more terrifying for me than it was for the cops.
0: Really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was scared to death um, because you've got, I don't know, I think there was six officers around the car. And, I mean, eventually we all went on our merry way and everything was fine. And they claimed we had brake lights out and we didn't have brake lights out. And it was kind of an interesting and an enlightening experience. But I have to say, I was scared the whole time that I was going to get shot. So I was fearing for my life.
0: Right. <laughs> Right.
1: I mean, I was just I was literally sitting there going, oh, my God, can they see my hands? Do I not move? You know, how do I do this? Where do, am I sitting in the right place? I mean, the whole time I'm terrified when I, I honestly I've done nothing wrong. None of us in the car had done anything wrong. But we were all scared shitless, frankly. Yeah. And I don't that's that's not what. It's supposed to be about. That's not what should be happening. If you know you've done nothing wrong and you get pulled over by the police, you shouldn't be instantly thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get shot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and if I do the wrong thing. And the over-militarization of police forces in America, I think that has exacerbated since 9-11. But I also think that one of the major problems we have Here is that um, bad behavior don't stick to these people. And what I mean by that is that if you are a police officer in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and you get fired for abuse of power, excessive force, or some shit, you can move to Pineville, North Carolina, and get hired as a police officer less than six months later and if yeah, something happens in Pineville you can move to Matthews North Carolina and get a job as a police officer and so yeah. there's no there's no accountability i no. mean come on um i think the police officer who mistakenly entered these young black men's apartment in Texas and shot him I think she either got acquitted or was not charged uh, after all because she feared for her life and she thought she was in her apartment.
1: Which is ridiculous.
0: I, I don't know. I don't know, Jocelyn, but I there are so many things around my house that would tell me I'm not home from the very moment that I approached the door. Oh, Yeah. But she
1: was drunk. She was drunk out of her mind. So I I, one. So she was so drunk and probably high that she didn't know where the hell she was. And so how then how can she say that she truly feared for her life when she didn't even know where she was?
0: (laughs) I know. But if if, if I am the one with the gun, why? I don't get it.
1: Yeah, if how you're the one you? with the gun, it's it's kind of the, you know, well, you know, gun to a knife fight type joke, you know, it, whatever.
0: I have a gun. Why should I fear for my life? Yeah, yeah, how are you so afraid? And I know that to a certain extent we sort of move away from the theme, from the topic, which was, you know, Exhibit A. But it, this is sort of an indictment, if you will, of how... Um, Completely crazy and out of control, law enforcement has become i don't know in in the last twenty years um
1: i think I think there really are some good people in it that are trying to do a good job i do I want to have that belief Um, because I'm not a conspiracy theorist. And I know that there are some people that are joining up that want to make a difference and and change things and make things better. But the machine itself has become so broken and so corrupt and so dirty, that it's going to take so much, so much light shed on it and so much uproar to change it that I, I just don't see a small group of individuals being able to change it. But I hope that they can.
0: Yeah, and here's here's my ultimate conclusion about this. I think there has been a narrative within um, society and even within law enforcement about uh, respect. And while I you know, I agree that everybody deserves to be respected. And I agree completely with that. I think total submission is what most police officers understand and interpret as respect. In that, I've given you an order, do as you are ordered. And nobody likes to be treated like that. And the thing is that these people, police officers get insulted if they get talked back at. And, and, and you can see a lot of video evidence. Like the other day, I saw somewhere in Florida a police officer literally knocked the fuck out of a guy. Like just knocked him out. Just because the guy went up to him and said, what, what, what are you saying? Okay? And that's all he needed to do. This guy was significantly smaller and skinnier than this police officer. This is a very well ripped police young guy, 28 maybe, police officer in somewhere in Miami, Florida. And he just went bow, pow. And knock this guy out. Like, I'm talking about a professional knockout, Jocelyn. Mm. And still he's knocked out. They are cuffing him. And completely f- fucking manhandling this guy. That's an exaggeration. That's abuse of power. Yes. Do you yes. know? Yes.
1: That has, that has nothing to do with protecting and serving. No! And so Absolutely the, nothing.
0: Yeah, and the only thing he went and said is like, "Well, you know, he he got in my, up in my face. Holy fucking shit! Who are you? One? And whatever happened to diffusing tactics?" Yeah. And you know, the, this John Wayne culture, John Wayne culture of ours is is getting out of hand. And again, as you said, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I have long suspected that a lot of these people get into law enforcement. So they get to knock out people. So they get to slap people. So they get whatever bullying experience they went through in high school or in elementary school. They are taking vengeance and no prisoners. I would like to believe also and I believe that there are people who go into this with all the with all the good intentions, but at the same time they get into this culture of the what is the 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 blue curtain, whatever it is that they call it
1: the blue line
0: the blue mm-hmm. line the whole you know well
1: it's kind of a boys club too
0: right i'm I'm not going to uh, uh you know, no snitching kind of thing, right? Stitches get stitches. Yeah. And so and so even even the good ones will not even admit that something went out of hand, something went wrong. And it's a damn shame.
1: Yeah.
0: Because we should be able to trust these people. We should yeah. be able to trust that law enforcement is there, as you said, to serve and protect. We should be able to trust that if we've not committed a crime, even when we are wrongly and mistakenly accused, we should should be able to say, I'm not guilty of this and I shouldn't be going to jail for this. But yet you have people that refuse to look at evidence, refuse to look at all their possibilities. Just because, you know, they saw you the first time and you look like you did it, that's it. That's wrong. That's wrong. It
1: is. So hopefully shows like this, like, um, you know, Making a Murderer and Exhibit A and the confession tapes, um, hopefully shows like this will help the public understand that a little bit and maybe individually as... (laughs) As we end up in police rooms, we can uh, kind of use our knowledge to fight back in the sense of, I'm not talking to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's important that you understand that we live in a police state. Um, they they will try and convince you that, you know, the rule of law here is imperative, but... um. We live in a police state and they have all the advantages and we have everything to lose. So, again, don't talk to them. Do not talk to them. Do not talk to them. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Huh? Jocelyn, this is like sort of a short show. Anything you're watching?
1: Um, Let's see. I'm going to be watching Stranger Things.
0: Have you seen it before?
1: I've I've watched episode or uh, seasons one and two, so I'm looking forward to the the third season. I don't know if it's going to be the last one or not. But
0: great! So now I have to watch it, too, so we have to talk about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. but I you, you also have to watch Good Omens, so we can talk about that.
0: Yeah, I've, I'm I'm two and a half episodes in, and I know. I mean, it, it's like the thing is, this show is good from the beginning to end, and in... Oh, it doesn't disappoint.
1: It never disappoints. <laughs> it just gets better and better. Oh
0: my lord! The my moment... husband
1: watched it on the plane uh, on our vacation, and uh, he's he's become a little obsessed with this show. Oh. So it's a it's a good thing because he do, he doesn't he's mostly a Doctor Who fan, and that's pretty much it. But this has sucked him in.
0: Oh so. yeah, I, I mean, I mean, come on, the cast is insane. Yes. Yeah, I mean you. Y- I I don't think people know because like, you know, even the guys that were with me the last show, they were like, yeah, we're going to watch that, but I don't think they're taking it seriously. I mean, this is something that once you start watching, I only stopped watching it because I had to, to go away. And, you know, um, I was so much was going on that I, I I couldn't, you know,
1: you had much more important things going Mm -hmm. on. Yeah.
0: And unfortunately I don't. I think um, Prime hasn't hasn't. I don't know if they do that, like where you can download, um, the shows and watch them offline. Like, I
1: don't think they do. Yeah. Like like Netflix does. I don't yeah. know if they do or not.
0: So, in had I found a way to do that, I, I would actually have finished, you know, because at night before going to bed, when I was in Haiti, I could have, I could have watched something like that in you know take my mind off some things but i did download uh jessica jones the last season uh and all i can tell you is it's a shame that you know netflix is getting rid of all those marvel shows cuz you know i'll yeah. miss them
1: yeah they were I good
0: i will miss them i mean Luke cage was Luke cage was a revolution in terms yes. of music and you know style and you know time capsule how it 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 captures the beautiful essence of Harlem and Hell's Kitchen and the entire New York scene nightclubs and everything is it was amazing and uh Jessica Jones is such a badass you know um, flawed character you know, slightly alcoholic and, you know, um, just a little bit trashy. <laughs> and I, I love her. I mean, I love her. <laughs> you know, uh, Carrie Ann Moss has a beautiful character that she plays there, Jaron um, Hogart, And um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I, I wish they didn't take it away. So, if you have not seen Jessica Jones, uh, it's a beautiful thing. You can start watching it now. There's three, only three seasons, and I think they go to thirteen episode each. So you can binge watch that and catch up with the third season. Um, you, you you'll thank me, you'll <laughs> thank me, because there's some real badass shit going on in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so maybe this coming week we'll we'll be discussing I don't know should I, should I go on to Stranger Things or you, you would prefer we go about Good Omens
1: Good Omens because I'm impatient to talk about
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> you got it you got it so that will be our next show then for now it is time for us to say goodbye. Um, by the way, I have to tell you, the building of our website is coming along very well. Yay! And it's a really nice-looking website. So during the week, I will pass a link on to you so you can take a look at it. Awesome. And then Anyways. for you, my friends, we have a website coming on. But still, you can find us on Twitter, KKN Streaming. And also on Instagram, kicking and streaming underscore podcasts. On Facebook, we are obviously facebook.com forward slash kicking and streaming. I am on Twitter at Mr. Pozzetta. So that's M R P U Z Z E T T A. You can find Jocelyn as Jocelyn Podcast on Instagram. And me on Instagram, you'll find me as. Mr. Pozzetta. Everywhere you look for Mr. Pozzetta, that's me. That There's only one. <laughs> there's only one Mr. Pozzetta. There
1: can be only one.
0: Yeah, there, there'll, there'll be some fake ones, and whatever. <laughs> We're cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jocelyn. So, definitely glad to have you back. Definitely yep. glad to be back on Underground. On yes. And, glad, uh, glad to be doing the
1: show again.
0: Yes, sir. So missed you. <laughs> I definitely missed you too. Um, so don't be going away like that. Okay. Yeah, you, you that's 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 it for you for this year.
1: That's <laughs> it, that, That's a steal. It works. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, you take good care of yourself, sir. All right. All right, folks. Ciao. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye.